0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the WE Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Meneres. The WE Podcast is part of the WE Spot, where we are passionate about creating community and providing a space for speaking authentic truth, growing together, and rising above challenges and into the full power of all we were created to be. You are listening to episode number 43 Pursue What You Love. In this episode, I get to chat with Lenina Olivas. Lenina was born in Southern California. She received her master's degree in political science from the University of Colorado in 2010. About three years ago, Lenina started painting and made the shift from political science to artist. She has exhibited her work along the Colorado Front Range, and her home studio is located in Loveland, Colorado. Her work has been reviewed in Professional Artist Magazine and is currently on display in the Colorado State Capitol. In 2018, she became the gallery director at the Lincoln Gallery, and she is actively involved in her community. Lenina didn't set out to become an artist but she was called to it by the beautification and joy it brought to her life. We get to chat with her about making such a big career change and what it's like to evaluate what you really want and finally say yes to and pursue what you love. All right, here we go. Here is my interview with Lenina. here we go. Welcome to this episode of the We Podcast. I'm very excited to have the amazing Lenina Olivas. Is that correct? I said it right? Okay. Maybe you can say it to make sure. (laughs) Lenina Olivas. Lenina Olivas. Yay. All right. And I'm so excited to have you. I know this has been like in the works for a little while. And so the fact that we're here, we had some technical difficulties. So it makes it even more sweet, I think, to be actually sitting here and being able to do this interview. So I love to start out the shows just talking a little bit about kind of how we got connected. And you and I ran into each other at a class where we were learning how to make Mala bracelets.
1: Yes. And we sat next to each other. And
0: I remember
1: overhearing you and your friend talking about life stuff. And I was like, wow. Okay, good. I'm not alone. These ladies that I've never met are talking about the same things that are going on in my life. <laughs> That's how we connected.
0: That's awesome. Yes. I love that. I just love how, We can go into a situation and have no idea that coming out of it, we're going to have a great new connection, relationship. So, so awesome. And now we both know how to make mala bracelets too. (laughs) Yes. So I would love for you to just kind of start out with giving us a bit of background on you. Like, where are you from? where did your story begin? And as we go through, we'll kind of talk about the progression of what's got you to where you are today. But do you want to start out from the beginning? Sure. So I'm originally from Southern California.
1: And in 2002, my husband and I decided to move out of California and move to a different state where we can actually afford a home. So this is like 16, 17 years ago, and so we moved to Colorado, went to college, graduated, and my my master's degree is in political science. So I was planning on running up for office and teaching. That, those that's what my goals were. <laughs> so right upon graduation, I had to have a surgery. Had a surgery, graduated with my master's degree, and I remember not being able to move or talk. And I was sitting on the couch watching something. And my golden retriever Amber was sitting at my side. And I was like, Oh, man, and I was in my mid 30s at the time. And I thought, geez, I haven't done a lot with my life. What are the things that I've always wanted to do? And I haven't done being hmm. on the couch, not being able to move and a huge accomplishment was getting up, walking to the restroom and walking back like that would win. me. So I made a list of all the things I wanted to do and I set off to, to accomplish them. Some of them were like learning how to belly dance, learn how to paint, um, do archery, et cetera, et cetera. So fast forward a bit and I had two more surgeries. And then I started thinking, okay, Am I doing what's making me happy? So I started modeling after that. I started modeling and I'm in, at this point, I'm in my late thirties. I'm modeling and it was so fun. I love modeling. I modeled for photographers. I modeled for artists in sculpture and painting. I did print ads. So I was like a realtor lady. And so I did a whole bunch of really cool and interesting things where I was like, wow, okay, what am I doing next? That's great. And I got to work with artists in different states as well as local. So two years into doing that, I thought, okay, it's about time to start using that master's degree. Mm -hmm. So I -hmm. taught for three years. And then there was a shift in, so I was working at a community, so I was working at a community college. That's who was paying me. But I was working at a charter school academy. So my, my students were under 18, and the content was adult content. So there was a little bit, you know, there was that learning curve with that. Um, then the charter school decided to hire their own instructors, and they wanted to hire me back. So great, okay, I'm coming back for next year. But at significantly, significantly less pay. So I said, Wow, if this isn't a sign from the universe, I don't know what is. So just taught at just taught at the the college. And one day I was driving home and I was thinking, wow, I am not happy. So came home, started walking my dog, and I just realized like my body language while I was walking my dog. And I thought, okay, it's time for a change. So I thought, in December, this is gonna be my last semester teaching. No more, I'm not gonna teach any longer. So March 5th came around, it was the finals. I remembered class was over at 2.15. At 2.17, my grades were in, my finals were graded, everything was done, Return my book, the little drive, everything. Like I was done in two minutes because I had <laughs> This stuff, I was I was ready. So I remember driving home, and I was so happy. I was so happy, like the happiest I've ever been was when I got my first puppy, and when I got married. Like I was that happy, and I was like, okay, this is a sign. It's time to move forward. Mm-hmm. I don't know what moving forward looked like, but it was gonna be great. That's mm-hmm. what. I mean. So there were two things that. I did always. So I have my master's in political science and I, I started painting. Painting is was just what I did. I didn't really think, think of it as a career option. It was just, I painted. So I had a few interviews with my political science degree. And then I, I went to the artist collective. It's a group of artists that get together and discuss art stuff and I ran into a woman by the name of Pat Saunders-White, and she told me about an opening at the Lincoln Gallery for a gallery director. So I got the paperwork, and I thought, hmm, it'd probably be better if I started off as the assistant and not the director. So I put the paperwork aside, didn't think about it for about a week or two, and then I came across the paperwork again, and I said, I'm gonna do this. So filled out my application filled out my application, updated my resume and had the interview. So now I'm the gallery director. So there was that thing which is painting, which it was just kind of something I did. I never really it was it was like I don't know washing my hair it was just something I did. I never considered it something. Mm. So now I'm the director and I paint. So my life has totally changed as to where I thought I was going and what brought me here
0: mm-hmm. and what
1: brought me here was those, those three surgeries, those three surgeries that made me really think about, do you realize you're not going to live forever? Do you realize you're not going to be young forever? You're not going to look like this forever. You need to do those things now. Mm-hmm. So that's really what spurred this whole change. Instead of just gonna, like, I would like to do this.
0: But Right. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think is huge. I, I think that we get stuck in that so easily. Yeah. I really want to do this. I w- would really love to do that. But then a lot of times it takes something big like the surgeries to give us the kick that we need <laughs> to take the action and, and actually do it moving forward there's always been like things that
1: happen that just frustrate us or make us upset or sad or really make us look inside and those are the things that make us change and so as much as those things weren't great I'm very thankful for them Mm -hmm.
0: yes yeah so let's go back just a little bit you so you said that your husband and you moved here in 2002 right, right. to Colorado so yes. when did you get married how long have you been married tell us a little bit of that backstory so we've been married since 2000
1: so it's easy to remember because I always have to oh it's 2019 okay It's good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome so we've been <laughs> married for well it'll be 19 years but we've been together for 20 And we moved here in 2003 when only one of us had to have a job and we were able to buy a house and live the middle-class lifestyle and then the economy changed. And now both of us have to work to have the middle-class lifestyle. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, you you had the surgeries and those essentially really made you sounds like reevaluate make your bucket list and make sure you were actually doing your bucket list <laughs>
1: yeah yeah See, I, I literally wrote out these are the things i wanted to do check learn how to paint check model check and at the time i'm in my 30s like that's really old for a model but I was able to do it. Yeah, really excited about that. And I'm not six two. I'm five feet. Like everything that was not. This is what a model looks like. I was the opposite. So it worked out very, very well. Because I was like, "Yeah, this is what I'm going to do." And I don't know how, but it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Oh, huge. That mindset is huge. uh I'm going to make it happen regardless. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I was going to make it happen. I, I never took an art class in high school. I had no drawing skills, painting skills, the car wheel. I don't, know, I don't know if that's totally foreign, but I said, I'm going to learn how to paint. And that's what I did.
0: That's so. amazing. Yes. And now we'll get into that, but your life is centered around painting in a lot okay. of ways. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But it sounds like to me at that moment when you said, okay, I'm going to write down all of the things that I want to do. That's, that's a moment of who am I? What do I really want in life? For me personally, in my own life, that was a huge shift for, for me to go from what am I doing that I'm doing because I think everybody else wants me to do it or, because I think this is the thing I should be doing to what do I really want to do, and who am I? And so it sounds like that was a moment for you of, yeah, what are the things that I need yes. to accomplish that I want to experience in my own life? The only
1: individuals who believed I could be a model was me and my dogs. Those were the only breathing things that. Believed nobody else did, so I'm just like, That's okay. Me, no, this is gonna happen, it's gonna happen.
0: (laughs) I love that, (laughs) and you did it anyway. Yes, yeah, that's huge, so huge, awesome. So, yeah, we don't always have even the people who love us dearly (laughs) are not always the best encouragers. Sometimes I actually think that they're more of the fear-based people who don't want to see us fail or, you know, uh, they're afraid that we're going to get hurt or something bad's going to happen. So sometimes I think it's those people who not necessarily intentionally, but hold us back more. Yes, I
1: I agree. And I, I've been painting for it's been three years now, because three years ago in January, I sat with my instructor, like three years ago. So if you see my art, I'm three years old as a artist. Wow. So the first year, people didn't believe that those were my paintings. And they would always ask me, is that a paint and sip class? Are you posting somebody else's art is that somebody else is somebody else helping you? Yes. I had an instructor and I still go to class every week, but no, it was my art. It wasn't until the second year, my own mother started to believe that that was actually my art.
0: Wow. So So you knew this was inside of you. Nobody else did though. Yes.
1: My husband knew because he came Came home and saw the piece of art changing every day, every week, and things like, "Okay, this is my wife's stuff." So it it took a while before people actually believed. Yeah, this is me. hmm
0: hmm <laughs> Gosh, what a um, what a powerful analogy, though. It really, like you could totally take that and and put it into an analogy for life when we're changing. People don't always, well, they don't always like it. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, is that true. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't always believe it, too, like that this is who we really are. Yes, you mean
1: pictures? Nope, that's probably Photoshop. No, that's probably somebody, it's not an app. This is actually my art. Like you can see it all paint in
0: front of you. Wow. Sinking in. Huh. Well, I'm glad that you didn't listen and you (laughs) kept going (laughs) because I've seen your art and it's, it actually blows my mind that you're only three years. Like I thought that you had been painting much longer than that.
1: No, I, I think what really helped me, because like I said, I never took art in college and high school and none of that. When I modeled, when I modeled for artists, so you're posing for like three to four hours with with an artist or a group of artists. So when I uh, pose for a group of artists, they would be talking about techniques and what worked and what didn't work and ask each other for help. And they would talk about light and darks and shadows. And I like this color, I like that. If you use this, this helps. So I'm sitting there listening to all of these art techniques and for example, the shape of a bottle. They would always talk about how one side. They could never get one side to look look even. Like it was always a struggle. Hmm. I, I didn't know what that meant until I started painting wine bottles, and it kept me up at night. I was like, "How can I not get these stupid wine bottles to look the same?" Like I see wine bottles all the time, and I just so. I think just listening and listening and
0: listening it just sunk in, and I didn't even realize it. Mm, that is so cool. yeah, huh. So one of the things you really wanted to do set you on the path for the other thing that you really wanted to do, yeah, yeah. even though I had no idea
1: this would lead to that, like it would lead to be for example, teaching political science now imagine. How much pushback I got from students, from parents, from coworkers from the administration, and now, as a director, I'm like, "Oh, I remember how this was this went, okay, this person and that person, and this is how you lead people, and this is how you give mm-hmm. instructions, and this is how you give feedback and or oh, that didn't work so well." like I remember it didn't work so well before too. Okay, I got to change the strategy. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, like oh, I hear people say all the time like having regret or f- beating themselves up for like spending a period of time doing something that they would maybe label, well that was a waste of time because I didn't like it or whatever but I think this is such a, a great example of how nothing that we do is ever a waste of time <laughs> because agree. agree. I, I mean, political
1: science and art, I mean, it's so yin and yang or black and white, like so polar
0: opposites, but they really mashed together very well. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And who would have known? It was preparing you to be the director of a gallery. Yes. And all of these standing in
1: front of the classroom every single day, talking about the same thing, repeating myself, giving instructions. Fast forward to now, four years later, I'm really used to giving impromptu speeches because I, I can't, I can't sit down and write a speech. It's like, okay, I have to do a speech for X amount of people in two hours, but I really have to do these other things. I'm going to wing it. And that's, that's what I have to do a
0: lot. Mm-hmm. So tell, tell me more about your uh, process of becoming the director. So you put in your application, just kind of like, huh, we'll see if I get yes. this or not. <laughs> yes.
1: And, and I had uh, applications in, in other places and I was interviewing for different things. And so it would be, I always wore a suit. Like first day of class, I wore a suit. Going to the Capitol I wore a suit. First day of the job, wear a suit. It's just kind of like that mindset of okay, this is serious, and this is what we're doing. We're wearing a suit. Um, but it was, it was definitely a different change. I had to
0: de- wear a different hat and think very differently. So, hmm. in what way? Can you tell us a little bit about the the mind shift you had to make? So for example, if I'm talking poli-sci,
1: I could say, so we'll take a statistical analysis of X and then start doing that. If I say that an artist, you're in the headlight look, oh my gosh. So this I mean the same thing, but if I say, well, let's count how many people we have at an event, and then we'll compare that to an event of the same caliber that we had last year, and let's see. How many people did we have more or less? And let's see what worked and what didn't work. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's the same exact thing I just said, but I just said it differently. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. Adapting your message for the audience.
1: Yes, because I could give you statistics until the cows come home, and that (laughs) doesn't mean anything. So, I have to not use the word statistic, not use the word math, not use the word quantify. Let's just Figure this out. Let's
0: just count people. <laughs> <Nice>. it's, <long. laughs> it's like the elementary version. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: It's just very, very different. And when I taught, so I taught adults and I taught young students. So I would have to change my message. And one of the, one of the analogies, I would always get 100% of students, young people's, um, attention when I would say, so let's think about this when you date. Okay. So you're going to date this person and you are going to put your best face forward. And they would be all eyes, all ears, pencils down, 100% listening to me. <laughs> so I would say, okay, this dating analogy works on young people. Dating analogies does not work on older people. They're like, what What are you talking about? I don't even know what you're saying. I'm like, okay. Got to use different analogies. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So you started your role there as the director and tell me a little bit about what's happened since then. Oh,
1: a lot has happened since then. So (laughs) I've been there for 10 months now. And when I got there, one of my top priorities was to put us on the map, so people can talk about us. People will know that we're there. People will know that that's a really good place to go for new art, for new classes, for events. So that was something I really worked hard at doing and having my face in the public eye. So I did a lot of social media, showed up for a lot of networking events, um, just talking to other people and and being. This might be a shock, but being friendly actually helps. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's so. When I got there to now, it's been it's been very transformative. I've I've been there for like I said, ten month ten months, but the change has been astronomical.
0: Hmm, that's awesome. Yeah. I know another or one of the artists who's there was also on the podcast a while ago, which is so cool. It's such a small world. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So you manage the other artists essentially also, is that part of your role? Yes. So um,
1: right now there's 30 artists and there will be more artists. We're looking for more artists. So part of running the gallery and Running the gallery, running the events is managing people as well. And reaching out, doing a lot of outreach and networking as well.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Awesome. So, what's your favorite part of the job? My favorite part of the
1: job. Huh. So, there's quite a few, but if I had to narrow it down, it would be to look through the eyes of a non-artist and see what they see. So like customers, when they come in and they'll see what they gravitate towards, see what they ask, see what draws them in. So then I, I kind of get a different perspective of what, what sells, what people like, how I need to show it, the lighting. And and that helps me as an artist as well.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, all right. Hmm. How long ago did you have surgery? Uh, It would have been, the first one was 2010.
1: The other two were 2012.
0: Okay. So roughly, what is this? I don't even know what year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So like seven-ish, seven years ago? Yes. So... Going into that, would you have predicted how much your life would change in that seven years?
1: No, no. I, I sometimes I'll think about that and I'll say, if somebody would have told me, so in seven years you're going to be doing this, I would, I would have laughed at them. and am like, you're right, me and <laughs> <Kate. laughs> that's funny. So, or, yeah, me being the art director of a gallery, yeah, right, you're funny. But now I would not have predicted that
0: it at all. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, how does it feel for you to be doing things that are in alignment with with your inner self, with your bucket list, so to speak, versus prior to having that moment? I mean, w- what's the difference do you think for you? So,
1: before, I've always enjoyed poli-sci like I didn't really know what it was that I enjoyed about it but then when I was able to talk about oh yeah I, I do like the process I do like this I enjoyed political science and laws and all of that but I love art like it's I I think back to going to to art galleries or museums and just looking at those paintings and I would just stand there and stare for hours and it's just. It's just a different feeling in your body and, and how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. I like the analogy of, and I never understood this. This quote was looking at a beautiful piece of art is like looking at a beautiful woman. You could stare at it for hours. I never understood what that meant. did, but I didn't understand what that meant. And one day I was sitting on my couch and I was staring at one of my paintings. And my husband came by, came over and he sat next to me and he said asked me very quietly honey are you feeling okay and i said uh yeah why and he said well you're staring off into space and i said i'm not staring off into space i'm looking at my painting I'm like man that looks so great i can't even wow and he's just like oh okay <laughs> it's just a different feel like i don't know sometimes just looking at the paintings i'm like i get i imagine what what's happening around that painting like that painting is being in front of a fireplace with the bearskin rug, drinking a glass of wine, or that that painting is people outside laughing together, or that painting is a celebration of friends and family and laughing. And so
0: hmm. it's
1: it's an image, but it conjures up a story in my mind. And yes, yeah. it could be still life, like it's a piece of fruit. What is that,
0: you know, but it's a story that
1: I make around that.
0: Right. Yeah. Gosh, that's awesome. So you can incorporate the concrete of the picture in your poli sci, but also the the creativity and the the mystery and all the other feelings that you can put into it when you're creating that story within your mind.
1: Yes. And when when I'm painting like I have an idea of what I'm going to paint, but I don't know exactly how it's going to look or the colors or the layout. And It's kind of like life. I have an idea and then I'll put it down and then I'll say, yeah, I don't like that and erase it. And with oil, it's easier to make mistakes and and correct them. (laughs) Then I'll add something else and "Eh," then I'll do something else, different color, different placement. And that's what I like. Okay, that's it. I'll put that down. I'm gonna think about this for a while, and I'll keep thinking about it, and and then it it starts coming in front of my in front of my eye. So I just have to be patient and and be okay with making mistakes.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, so, that's huge. Sometimes I'll finish a painting and I won't like a shadow. Like I have a a painting called uh, the Engagement. It's a a champagne bottle with two glasses and, and a wedding ring, and I changed. I, I did two light sources, so there was a variation on, on the shadow. And it always bothered me. It always bothered me. But I said, it's okay, just leave it. It's done. You'll learn to love it. I never learned to love it. <laughs> <laughs> so one day, I was like, okay, today's the date. I'm going to fix it. So I took it down, put it, put it on my ESO, and I fixed the shadow. And I love the painting now. And it was a change of, like, not even an inch. It was a slight change. And, and now I love it. I think it's amazing. And hmm. it's kind of like that. You just need to make a small change, and boom. It's awesome. True.
0: Yes, another great analogy. <laughs> Art and life go well together, obviously.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it does.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So let me ask you this. If we have listeners who are thinking, you know, I'm not really where I want to be. I'm not really happy at my current job or with what I'm doing right now. Maybe they're kind of in a place that you were at before you had your surgeries or even during your surgeries, probably during your surgeries was a critical time also probably the hardest time yep um my guess is is that we have a lot of people who are listening that are in those those times as well those those periods of you know maybe I'm just not living totally consistently so what advice would you give them about doing something different or changing the way that they're kind of moving along in their life?
1: So I think what helped me when I was, I would say at my, my saddest moments or when things weren't working out was a lot of meditation. Meditation helps a lot. It kind of quiets that chattering line. Exercise helped a lot. And also asking yourself, what makes me happy? What doesn't make me happy? Like we're going to have a big long list of what doesn't make me happy, but what does make me happy? So Mm -hmm. I would not have been able to predict that I would be working at a a gallery or anything with art, but I knew that's what made me happy. So that was there, but I, I wasn't actively looking for it. I think I was at the right place at the right time and I was open.
0: Mm. Yeah, being open is probably a huge uh, necessity.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. And and giving myself permission to to go for it.
0: Talk more about that, would you?
1: So I
0: didn't feel
1: like I was ready, but I was going to try it. And I was like, I don't know but I'm going to do it. And so I'm there and okay, I'm not really sure. And I'm going to do it. So seeing something from A to Z and knowing it might go extremely well. And I'm going to be like, wow, that was so awesome. Or, okay, that didn't quite work out. What did work out and what didn't work out. So it's giving my, myself permission to, shall I say, giving
0: myself permission to fail and it'll be okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like speechless because (laughs) 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 thinking (laughs) about the depth of that in my own mind. And I think it's, oh my gosh, so huge because that's probably one of the biggest things that keep people in the same spot too. Like I could fail. Yes. And And I have to remind myself of that too. It, it's okay
1: to fail. like it's not going to be perfect. You're going to feel pretty bad. you You might cry, you might beat yourself up, but you failed then, but there are some things that work out well. Mm. So. And nobody died, so we're we're good. Yeah. <laughs> You're still here to try again.
0: <laughs> yeah. so I just have to remind myself of that too sometimes hmm That's awesome. All right, well, maybe we should move into my questions for you. And oh, then, yes, we're going to want to hear all about where people can find you after that. So the first question is, Is what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth?
1: What has been the most vital to my growth is those times when I hit the slump and I have to say, what's making me sad? How am I going to change this? What's going to make me happy? So that's what has been the most vital to my growth. Mm.
0: Make me happy. How
1: is this going to work for me? What do I want to accomplish and
0: how am I going to do it? So talk, can you tell us a little bit more what, what you mean about hitting this slump? So the slump when
1: things just are not working out well, when, I, like I said, I, I love teaching and I love poli but it just wasn't giving me what I needed. It just was not making me happy anymore. I just, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I was in a slump. I could, I could feel it. I could see it in myself. I felt old, I looked old and no more, I, I'm done. So then it's okay. I'm done. So, what am I going to do to make this better? What mm-hmm. am
0: I gonna do to make me happy. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: hmm So it's all about your response to that yes. slump.
1: Yeah. So I can be sad. I can be sad for a long time if I do nothing. But mm-hmm. if I want to get out, then I have to ask myself, okay, then what do you want, and how are you going to do it? Mm. Huge, huge,
0: huge. Yes. Gosh, I'm like thinking about all the people I talk to and, and ask them, what do you want? And so many people say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 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 like, that's a huge problem. If you don't know.
1: You, I think a lot of us know, but we're too afraid to admit it to ourselves. Mm. So. Maybe we won't even admit it to somebody else, but we certainly won't admit it to ourselves, and that's what I think it is. So yeah, for ourselves.
0: Huge. Oh, yeah, it's so true. I totally agree. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I it's like I knew forever what I felt like I was meant to do, but I would not admit it because. uh I thought it was like prideful or I don't know. There's all these things, right? Like uh, who am I to do those things? You know what I mean? Yes. So, Oh yes, uh, we can be our own worst critic for sure. <laughs>
1: I, I, I look back and I, and it's kind of funny. I think we imagine or daydream what we want and we don't realize that's what we're daydreaming about. I mm-hmm. used to daydream about working out a gallery. And then my other daydream was I used to be in a cabin and I would be painting. And I was like, hello, you don't know how to do these things. <laughs> <laughs> that was my daydream. Like, I'm painting deer. I, I don't paint deer, but in my, oh. in my real fantasy, I was out painting landscape with deer. And there was deer next to me. And I'm on the porch painting them in real life. And... I don't know. It was just my fantasy that was saying, hey, hey, hey. So, yeah, that's, and I look back at it now and I was like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: Wow. (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) I think you're so right. I think we do know. We do know. It's more of a process in, in digging into uncovering it sometimes, but mainly admitting, admitting it.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mainly admitting it. And yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. Thank you. All right. Number two is what do you want to make sure that people know? What I would like people to know is it's okay
1: not to get it right the first time and it's okay to fail i love it i think those two are my biggest thing and i have to remember that also it's not going to be perfect the first time and i just have to put something down and then fix it kind of like painting it's not going to be bright the first time and it's just a series of corrections it's just how long i want to stay with something
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's huge all right so I know, thank you for that. I know you have a lot of awesomeness coming up uh, in the next few weeks or um, I don't know. I'm sh- Well, you have a lot of awesomeness coming up for a long time. <laughs> but why don't you tell us all a little bit about how people can find you. And then I know you wanted to mention some events that will be happening fairly soon.
1: So how people can find me the easiest, well, my name is so unique where a Google search will just pop me right up. Uh, If you Google Lenina Olivas, there's literally two pages on three pages of Google about me. Things that I love and things I'm like, Oh, thanks for reminding me Google. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's the easiest way, but so I have a website, Lenny OllivisFeart.com. They can find me there on Instagram, Lenny Fine on Facebook, Lenny Fine Art.
0: Nice. Uh, so I will have the links to those in the show notes too, so people can just click on those and, and get brought right to you to make it easier for them. So they can also find you at the Lincoln gallery. Sounds like.
1: Yes. I'm at the Lincoln gallery in downtown Loveland, across the street from the Black Steer. That's been there forever. So my stuff is always there. And I also have okay. stuff at Robosk design in downtown Melbourne as well.
0: Cool. And was it red, red bubble too? I, yes.
1: So if you're in New Zealand, for example, yeah, uh, Red bubble and fine art America.
0: So awesome. We actually have listeners in New New Zealand. So oh, great. <laughs> it's good, yeah. To to tell people who are not local as well. Yes.
1: Yeah, and all Lenino leaves. And that's one really good thing about having such a unique
0: name. Oh, I agree. Sarah Monera Sarah is not unique. But <laughs> Moneras, on the other hand. It's very nice. I I like.
1: (laughs) It is very unique.
0: Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I I like that. I went from being one of like 10 Sarahs in every class, you know, growing up to a last name that kind of differentiates me a little bit. So that's nice. (laughs) Yes. And your first name is beautiful and unique as well. Yeah. Yes. I always wanted a unique first name. (laughs) (laughs) My, my name is from
1: the book, Brave New World from Huxley. Oh, that's where it's from. I, I get a lot of questions about my name and that's where my name is
0: from. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I've never read it. It's like 1984.
1: It's a dystopian book.
0: Cool. So bring on the
1: depression if you read it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. So I won't be reading it.
1: <laughs> so it's a book that you, you read in class and then you, you talk about it analytically. Like, how are things happening now that Huxley predicted X amount of years ago?
0: Yeah, so. oh, cool. That's really cool. All right. So tell, tell us more about the events that you have coming. So the events coming up in let's see, I'll go forward to
1: backward. So the first one would be in February and that's going to be at the Lincoln gallery. It's champagne, love and chocolate. So that's a show that's centered around champagne, love and chocolate for Valentine's day. Um, The other the second one is at the Sweetheart Winery in Loveland, which is going up towards Estes Park. I'll be the featured artist there on March 14th from six to eight. And it'll be live painting demos and all of my smaller items, as well as my larger pieces. And I'm working on um, having a show with Blue Mountain Winery in Burfield in in. Work in Colorado.
0: So um, Mm -hmm. I'll actually be talking to the owner today. Cool. Very cool. I'm going to have to make it to one of those.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Come watch me paint. Come ask
0: questions. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to see it in person. I've seen your beautiful, um, pictures online, but it's different than I think seeing the pieces in person. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, and I'll be doing a um I'll be one of the featured artists in a new magazine called Salon magazine. I believe it's pronounced cel- cel- Salon <laughs> because of the the spelling.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. That's very cool. So one thing you said earlier, sorry, I want to come back to it. I just was looking at my notes. I'm like, hang on a second. Uh, And and we can, I guess, talk about it quickly as we close out. But you said you still go to class every week. Yes. And I think that is amazing. And that's why I want to go back and talk about it because I think that a lot of times we think, "Oh, I'm the gallery director. Um, I am. I I have arrived, right? Like, and <laughs> <laughs> I have this art career. I don't need to train anymore. I see this happen a lot, um, and that's why I want to point it out. Like, because I think it's so cool." that you're continuing to go to class every week. So I just wanted to point that out, and I want to hear your perspective on that.
1: I go to class every Tuesday morning, and I'm very fortunate to have coverage on Tuesday morning at the gallery, so I can make that time for myself. So I go to class every Tuesday morning, and it takes me to a different place in my mind. So this is my time. Even if I don't have the time I have paid, I'm showing up, these three hours are mine. I turn off my phone, there's classical music playing, this is my time. Maybe what I lay down is gonna be amazing and maybe what I lay down is, I'm gonna have to erase later, but this is my time. And it's a time for me to, to see things in a different way, to change, to change colors on my piece, to add something, to do something different. The thing that I'm working on right now is um, like having a a flowy drape in the back of my in, the, in my background of my piece. I've never done that, but my instructor, I have somebody to to ask, and and he's there and. Sometimes I think it's going to come out great. Sometimes it doesn't. And I'm like, oh, but I have somebody to ask. And he has a lot of experience. So I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So important to continue, no matter where you are in the process, to pour back into yourself and to continue to seek guidance and wisdom from people who, who can help us improve. And I, I just I love that. I think it's so important. And it makes me
1: see myself in other people's eyes because a lot of the people that I paint with, they knew me as the model. And then I was the new, the new artist. And then they see me on social media. And then they see that I'm the gallery director, and then they see that I have my art on products like wine stoppers. And so they've seen this change. And and to me, I mean, I've lived with me for A long time and so they're they're telling me wow I didn't know that you could do this or oh my gosh you've changed so much and then it makes me think oh yeah you're right I have I guess I didn't think about it that way so that's also very beneficial
0: yeah for sure definitely all right thank you so much lenina for being my guest it has been awesome to be able to have a conversation with you and hear about your journey and i really hope that people connect with you check out your beautiful art and if you're local head into the lincoln gallery and take a look around
1: thank you and thank you so much sarah sarah it was great to connect with you and also just to happen to sit by you when we're making mala bracelets.
0: Yeah. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thank you. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. Thank you so much, Lenina, for sharing your story and your heart with us. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories. Speaking our truth is vital for our own growth, and it also helps others grow by knowing they are not alone. This episode of the We Podcast is brought to you by the We Spot. The We Spot is a place to learn, grow, and connect with like-minded women. It's your spot for all of your growth and community needs. Head on over to our Facebook page and get plugged in. There are giveaways and big announcements going on in that space, and we know you will want to be a part of it. We are also getting ready to launch the WeSpot blog very soon in the next coming weeks, so there will be lots of awesomeness that comes along with that. We also ask that if you love the We Podcast, that you write us a review. We may even share your review and give you a shout out on our next episode. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on our new episodes dropping every single week. Thank you so much, and we can't wait to see you over on social media. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.